Critics. Welcome to the Everyone's a Critic Movie Review Podcast 1993. I'm your host, Sean Patrick, with me, co-host Jeff. What's up? And Amy's here. Bonsoir! Yeah, and uh, no MJ this week. No, which is a shame because there was, there's a moment that I have to actually send MJ after this because... I really was, was hoping you would see this, but... Yeah, that's all right. Still. Nevertheless... Yeah. We're talking about The Crying Game, uh, released in 1992 in America in 1993. Uh, this was, of course, the Oscar qualifier, the post-Oscar uh, qualifying run, the, the, the run that they put out after it got nominated. It became a big thing, and uh, Jay Davidson became a big thing, so they put it out into theaters nationwide, finally, and everybody finally got lit in on what was going on mm-hmm. with this movie. Uh, but really, it begins as just a story of the Irish Republican Army and their continuing battle against the British. A British soldier, played by Forrest Whitaker, is in Ireland. He is captured and held uh, with hopes that they will re- that the British will release an Irish uh, army member. Uh, when that doesn't happen, they have to kill Forrest Whitaker, and that sets in motion the rest of the story, which is uh, really throughout, Jeff. The entire movie is really about... Uh, it's about intimacy. It's about men who are trying to understand themselves. One who seemingly understands himself a little bit better than the other. And uh, I found that theme to be very fascinating. Is that what this was about? Watch <laughs> <laughs> a different film. <laughs> Wait a minute. I thought it was something completely different. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, you get that, you know, even with some of the last shots with, um, you know, after... After everything goes down and he's sitting there waiting for the police to show up and he's leaning back and in the foreground is the photo of Forrest Whitaker leaning back. Yeah. So it's almost like they're back to back. It was a very, yeah, it was a, a, a very similar to some you know, classic 1960s uh, Swedish cinema, I thought. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, that's my favorite genre. <laughs> <laughs> No, I I think that I mean yeah the main theme is you know overcoming your prejudices to become more evolved and more of a human being mm-hmm. instead of just taking sides on you know whether it be the army or your sexuality or whatever you know it's it's about letting all that stuff go and just being with a person. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's what you you brought that up too in the middle of of the film, and I I could not agree more. What again? This is we're looking at ninety two, ninety three, and what an unbelievably um, evolved yeah. film it was. That I think that's what blew me away the most. And again, I, Jay Davidson's just absolutely beautiful in this movie. I just love it, love it, love it. So well, of course, you know, America takes that in nineteen ninety. Four and five, and turns it into a one-note joke, of right. course, because that's what we do. Yep. We can't deal with our emotions. Right. I uh, kind of like uh, Neil Jordan throwing that in our face, and like, hey, I'm making an actually genuinely sensitive movie, and we're like, fuck you, that guy's got a dick. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's the only yeah. thing we can think about. <clears throat> and I think that that's that's the biggest. I mean, you like I said during the movie, you can't, you couldn't make this movie today. Nope. A because you know you might clock. Jay Davidson a little earlier because we are we have so many more trans people that we you know deal with right. and um, deal with sounds but I don't mean to deal with but on an everyday basis you see more trans people um, so for me it would it was it's easy to clock him uh-huh. and and realize that okay Dill's hiding something <laughs> <laughs> literally yeah um, but that. The fact that 
once Stephen Ray finds out and has a little bit of time to kind of deal with it, it's about the person. Yeah. Loving the person and not what's going on between their legs. Yeah, that was one of the, the lines in the film was, you know, of course, after he finds out what's going on with Dill and he's throwing up and later on, Dill says, you know, I could tell that you still cared about me even when you were throwing yeah. up. There's something really, I think, powerful about that scene alone because, you know, one could look at it and go, yeah, I would do the same thing. I'd be so grossed out by that. And the the, the, the thing that he was, he, he wasn't ready for it. Yeah. So it shocked him. But then he also still really, really cared about Dill. And I, 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 that almost made me tear up a little bit. So, I, What I found fascinating, in the, and I thought Dill was in, yeah, absolutely in the right, is that you know, it's, it, we talk about people going into other spaces and not you know, being aware of themselves. He was not aware of himself in, in the space that, that uh, they were in right. at that time. I mean, it was pretty... She knew where she was and uh, the bar that, that this guy had come into. And he, you know, pretended not to because he was digmatized. Well, that's, and that was the thing that, that you, you brought up, too, which I didn't realize it until, you, like, you said it out loud. But throughout, you know, we're, we're going into this bar, this this metro. Mm-hmm. And every time we go into it, you just see lots of beautiful people all around singing, dancing, what have you. And then when he finally realizes the bar he's in, you can really definitely tell... Well, the clientele I, and it looks more. like they what they did on purpose is they got some people who could not pass, yeah, who would be clocked immediately. Mm-hmm. That's who you see after right. he finds out, right? Because early on, it's rather androgynous, mm-hmm. like there's yeah. a vibe at least, right? But that being said, I don't know if it was if if it was meant to be. Oh well, you know what? Now you're seeing the ugly truth, literally, mm-hmm. for of all these people that were in the bar before. Or if we're just trying to knock you over the head with it. And I I got a little bit of, we're trying to knock you over the head with it. Because there are, I mean, it, it, it is literally just some transvestites afterwards. Right. Or people that are coded as transvestites instead of trans people who are trying to pass. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, you know, like like kitty cat wigs and that kind of thing. Yeah, it's like, come on. Yeah. So to me, it was a little disingenuous after you find out the big reveal that yeah. Dill has penis. Um, and I think that that was meant to really like, not, it wasn't, it wasn't there to open his eyes. So he's now he sees it. I think now it's there to kind of show you that there's a little bit of ugliness mm-hmm. that, that was there that you were missing. So is that more for the viewer than it was for the actor then? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think so. I, I got that as like. That kind of took me out of it. I'm like, you know what? You could look at some trans people and realize that they're trans without some dude with a five o'clock shadow and deep lines in his face, <laughs> you know, that looks like Jack Klugman in a <laughs> pussycat way. Right. You know? So <laughs> let's circle back though to the early scene. So Forrest Whitaker gets picked up by a woman at the carnival. Who, that is uh, Jude. She'll come back around later. Uh, uh, Amazing Miranda Richardson. He gets uh, he gets taken, and then he and Fergus spend all this time together. Stephen Ray uh, spend this time together while he's incarcerated, uh, being held hostage, and and they bond. I like yeah. to have legitimate, intimate conversations. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, but the, okay, that that's kind of where I got a little bit confused because later on, they the way that they touch on it, it's like you're a volunteer. You know, the way that they're looking at. Um, Fergus, like, was he actually part of 
this army, or was he just somebody who volunteered for the cause? I mean, I think a lot of the Irish Irish Republican Army was were volunteers and people who were there for a cause. Just yeah, they were true believers. They weren't necessarily because it seemed like this conscripted. Yeah, they seem more like a mafia to me than than anything. So that makes now now that makes a little bit more sense to me. But why he felt like, or why why I guess I have not. I think my brain's just (laughs) I just didn't get it because he was way too sensitive. A person, like from early on, you know, he, he seemed, I, I get it, like he, he had a bit of badassery to him, but he seemed like a very sensitive person. And it's like, you don't belong here. You know, you don't belong in this, to this cause. It, it just, it felt a little weird to me there at first. Were there, there were choices made early on. Do you think with with the, the look of Stephen Ray with the long hair, was that an, an intentional sort of feminine coating? Uh, going on to hmm. kind of build in his his sort of sensitivity. No, I, I, I honestly, I just took it as a way to show you that he had changed his appearance later to go under the radar a little more. I don't think there was. I, did, I certainly didn't see so any the of that. way. I, the way I was reading that early portion was that there is some sort of thing there between maybe maybe more than just friendly thing between yeah. him and Forrest Whitaker where especially with the focus on Forrest Whitaker's mouth the way they did uh-huh. I thought that was an intentional sort of uh, intimacy uh, that they were going for uh-huh. yeah know? but I don't th- I, 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 I see that mm-hmm. and I think that that feeds into where Stephen Ray's character comes full circle at the end you know where he's willing to accept that he's in love with a female who was a male uh-huh. biologically, you know, that um, where his, he's not, if, if one of his compatriots in the IRA had been in the same situation, he would have killed Dill as soon as he found out. Uh-huh. Whereas he had that sensitivity and he was really bonding with um, Forrest Whitaker on a different level and wasn't, he wasn't scared to be intimate with a man, uh-huh. not in the sexual way, but just in general, you know, have intimate conversations and learn about another person. And that, I think, feeds into where he ends up with Dill at the end is, I'm not afraid of my my sexuality or where it might take me or, you know, I'm not, I'm not like, you know, he's not a chaser or anything, but he's, he's open yeah to a lot like he could be pansexual you know if it could be coded that way mm-hmm. you know or he's demisexual he uh-huh. he's attracted to somebody once he gets to know them but it still seemed like he was he had some trepidations because every time dill called him honey or you know he's just like don't call me that and and i guess that kind of threw me off it's like is it just that you're not comfortable with being called that yet or or what? But it, it started out that way. And then, as you notice, as soon as Miranda Richardson came back into the picture and was setting him up to assassinate this judge. Right. Then it was, don't call me honey for your own protection. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. That's, okay, that's, that makes sense. At least that's what I took it as. Okay, yeah, I didn't. Because even at, even at the end when they were in the jail. I yeah. thought, you know, and then he's like... Well, I think that's more of a, you know, kind of an endearment thing. It's like, don't that, call me that. Right. Makes sense. So. That's how they talk to each other. <laughs> Neil Jordan's great about that, about building things into characters and allowing them to uh, create a bond you know, di- with, with dialogue and the way people speak to each other. Right. I agree. But then, again, it's, 
I really enjoyed this movie, but I think that there sometimes could be too much dialogue and it would just cut, you had to like slog through it a little bit. I just found myself kind of tuning out just because it felt like some scenes were just going on way too long for me, but that was just for me. Well, it's very dialogue heavy, but right. that's, that's him. But again, that's, and I, I, I don't know Neil Jordan from yeah, I mean, that's Michael just, Jordan. Well, <laughs> boy, have I got some. <laughs> no, I, yes, it, you know, it, it, I always think that movies that are over an hour and a half long could be a little shorter unless uh-huh. there's something going on all the time. Right. But I think this was just about the right length to get the character development in, and that was done mostly through dialogue. Right. Um, you know, and a little bit with, you know, with his haircut and the yeah. changes of appearance. Yeah, because he looked like Lovejoy at first, and then I like the, the, the transition into the 90s <laughs> smart male with the sh- without the, the mullet. Yeah. He was Lovejoy. He was totally Lovejoy. In <laughs> Nobody remembers that show. <laughs> It's just me. <laughs> he's, he's the guy in John Wick now. Hey, oh, is he yeah. in John Wick now? Oh, I got you. I, know. <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> oh, we'll get to A&E Detective Thank you. some other time. We'll go back yeah, to that. Yeah. All right with that. So, what did you think of Forrest Whitaker's performance? I mean, he's always, you know, he, he always is Forrest Whitaker to me. Mm-hmm. But he, he just embodies... The character, you know, he was, he was just kind of like, he knew this would eventually happen and he was ready for it. Um, I don't even think that initially when he realized he wasn't going to get away in that initial scene where he, you know, gets jumps on Miranda Richardson and you fucking bitch, you fucking (laughs) bitch. Um, I think he realized after that he wasn't going to get out of this no matter what, Mm -hmm. even he, he even said it, if they let this guy go, they're still going to kill me. So, and I think he knew that... I really thought that... I was. I guess I wasn't sure until the very end that Stephen Ray did not let him go. Yeah. I thought he was letting him go, and he was, you know, going to... He he was just going to say he fucked up, and... Yeah. Because he, he, he kept saying I fucked up. Yeah. But I thought that he was going to let him go, and then... You know, but then, I mean, I knew, I'd seen this movie years ago, and I was right. like, I, well, I guess he couldn't have, because then there wouldn't be any reason for him to go track down his lover. Right. Um, so, but there was that, you know, that will he or won't he that kept going on, and then, oh, he's just going to let him run away, and then he's going to probably shoot the ground and say he killed him, and then, boom. Yeah. Gets hit by a tank. Well, spoiler alert. I, yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> spoiler alert. <laughs> it was a little late for this I was going to say. 30-year-old movie. Time has passed. It was I, a stunning scene and incredibly well staged. Yeah. And, and sad and unfortunate. Uh, the, the, again, I loved the, the chemistry between Forrest Whitaker and Stephen Ray. Even Forrest with that accent that is something. Yeah. <laughs> it is something. That we had to turn on <laughs> subtitles for just because yeah. we couldn't understand what he was saying. But... I mean, that's also, I mean, he, he sounded like he was from Tottenham. That actually made a lot of sense. I liked him because he, there was something very childlike about him. And you could, I mean, obviously, you're dating somebody like Dill. You're going to have a playful personality. But when it came closer to the time of him having to be shot, like, that's where I could really kind of see it. And 
there's just something that endeared it. Like I, I again, I got a little teary eyed because I'm like, please don't kill him. Please don't kill him. I the the one thing that got me was I think it might have had a little even more gravitas if he had shot him. Yeah. You know, he would have he would have then tracked down Dill to feel you know because he felt so sorry for her. Right. And you know, look what I did, and I have to. How do I make amends? That's where I thought it it could have. I mean that him getting hit by a truck was just a little convenient. Like, mm. yeah. getting hit by the same truck that's coming to take, you know, to rescue him. It's like, come on. But then, if if he had shot him at the... Like, if he had shot him, and then the trucks rolled up, that's, like, the mist. That's yeah. the end of the mist, you know? It's like, oh, fuck. You know, he, he, <laughs> he would have gotten away, but, you know, I... It's... I think it would have had a little more weight to it if it hadn't been an accident. Because then you, then you have Stephen Ray being the bad guy who's trying to become the good guy. Right. He was a good guy until he was a bad guy, and now he wants to be the good guy again. See, I don't know if you could have... I don't think the English were actually interested in saving him, given the way that they bombed the hell out of that <laughs> yeah. space. Where the hail of bullets. I, yeah. I mean, they obviously, they, I don't know if they... They probably didn't know where he was at that point, but they didn't really seem to take much care and yeah. in, in trying to make sure that anybody survived that. Yeah. So I, I'm pretty sure they weren't there to save him. Uh, <laughs> which is as a whole, again, it's very that's very true of the whole war between Ireland and England. Like mm-hmm. England's willing to sacrifice a pawn to, oh, yeah. to take yeah. a major victory if they can. Yeah. That's been kind of the heart of that conflict, unfortunately. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. The willingness to on both sides to just kill as many people as you need to kill. That's one of those things that I guess I never really studied um, as far as that. I, I don't know much about that conflict. I, I, I remember hearing about it, but I don't know much about it to even be able to comment on it. But. Yes, so, this is not the podcast to discuss that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is well, it so let's get on to uh, the introduction of Jay Davidson uh, into, this, into this story. Uh, Jay Davidson, of course, is... Uh, the lover of Forrest Whitaker's character, he's very much in love with Jay Davidson's character, Dill, mm-hmm. uh, and he asks Stephen Ray to you know, go and see her and make sure she's okay, and he does. Um, we are introduced then to the character, is it Nick? <laughs> the guy in the bar. Call, oh, her boyfriend. Call. It's called. Oh, 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 no. Oh, no. Oh, no. no Dave. Yeah. Dave. Moist okay, guy with the windbreaker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rick O'Lee from The Phantom Menace. There it is. <laughs> he was there in The is. Phantom Menace. He looked. Bad. He? I, I liked him best once they put the, the the collar on him with the windbreaker. I thought this is this is a whole look. There's a character that somebody did on English television years ago called Lots of Money. <laughs> it was a very funny parody, like this. Enfield. Like, uh, it, it, it like Thatcher era money, where guys in tracksuits with gold. Like, where did they get all this money from? Mm-hmm. It was from Thatcher's bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> made a lot of people very rich. That's very much that guy. Very That's much very that much guy. that guy. Yeah. It was such a great character. Uh, <laughs> and Wait, Ali G. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This, this uh, completely just, just he's just a walking hard on this yeah. guy. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> but what do you think that, like, how Forrest Whitaker hasn't neither been dead nor gone long before Jay Davidson is already having this relationship, or is, or do you figure Jay Davidson's Dill is having this character, this relationship with Dave, for a while, even as she's 
Even though oh, they were with Dill. Didn't feel yeah, with, with, like, with Forrest Whitaker. I felt like they were sexually open uh-huh. enough that he was going to be in the army, so he was going to go away for a while. Do what you want. I'll do what I want. As long as I we have each other when yeah. we see each yeah. other. Yeah, there's I a got the same feeling. Yeah, there's that. a difference between you yeah. know monogamy and polyamory uh-huh. and all that. So. I also think there was an element, too, I believe Dill mentioned something about uh, being expensive. Like, the, perhaps there was an element of Dill... Being a sex worker? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, I, that's, I totally yeah. got that. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, especially if... Um, now, which would make sense given the nature of Forrest Whitaker's character that he would be the kind. He seems like the kind of guy who falls in love with the stripper at the yeah, strip club. Yeah. Like the kind stripper of guy really likes me. <laughs> <laughs> that, that that kind of sweet, naive sort of thing uh-huh. that they think the they have, they think every waitress is flirting with. Them. Well, I mean, in this case, <laughs> I know too many of those guys. They were, you know. I mean, now what I took it is is we are never told explicitly that Dill is trans. Right, right. Dude, we don't. The nature know. of Dylan that way. Yeah, I think uh, transvestite and trans. It's such a that that's where people who are you know prejudiced. I think like in the I don't want to say the lighter side of prejudice. They just they just get so confused about well, yeah. what am I supposed to say? Yeah, yeah. I think that to me, Dill was coded as trans, uh-huh. and that people that go into this bar are looking for you know trans women, uh, and that they. Dill is probably eventually going to have bottom surgery mm-hmm. and top surgery because, you know, did not have breasts. Right. Um, and by expensive means, I'm expensive because I'm trying to make some money to have some surgery. Right. Could, so I that's why I, that's yeah. I took the... De- 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 Dill definitely claims, like, femininity. Yeah. Big time. That's yeah. a very important thing to Dill. So I would imagine you've got to be right about that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and again, I, I said it before. I'll say it again. Just looked so fabulous. Every every garment that they put on Jay Davidson, just it was it was so very nineties, but it was just it was gorgeous to look at. It was like art, you know, that gold dress with the circles. I can't I can't get that out of my head. And kind of amazing for the time that Neil Jordan has that sort of understanding that that's what this person is. It's like uh, I'm not sure what what exactly like the. When it comes to transvestites, like what it, they just enjoy wearing the clothes, or they enjoy. So let me try to quote the movie Too Wong Fu. <laughs> if a man puts on a dress to get his little rocks off, he is a transvestite. If a gay man with way too much fashion sense for one gender puts on a dress, he is a drag queen. And if a if a man has a little operation to to become a woman, he is a transsexual. There it is. That's nineteen ninety five. That's the that's how Wesley Snipes put it. Still one of the greatest movies. Um, I, I was just saying that the, when it yeah. comes to the the understanding that he has that this character seems to want to be a woman. And well, yeah, and, that's why I took it. Yeah, yeah. Dill's living as a woman, right. so I took that as Dill is trans, uh-huh. not Dill is confused or a transvestite or a drag queen because if they were a drag queen they'd take it off when they got home they would take it off when they get home right. drag queens don't wear drag 24 7 right yeah and and dill certainly i mean i i for a while for initially i thought dill was wearing a wig but obviously it wasn't no uh-huh. well not until they, they cut, cut it all yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was one of the worst wigs i've ever seen yeah it was you know at least glue the back down like that was my <laughs> i was staring at that for too long but aside from that, yeah, very, very, like you said, like Nana Cherry. Yeah, Nana Cherry, mm-hmm. the am. Yeah, love it, love it. Uh, amazing look, mm-hmm. gorgeous. Yep, flawless. 
And that you could, you could see why Stephen Ray would be attracted to all of it. Because, I mean, it wasn't just that. It was, it, <laughs> aside from having to talk through the bartender a few times, which I still don't understand that. But it, there, there is a certain amount of charisma that mm. uh, Dill has that it just, that I think any one of us would be drawn in by that. If you, so. if you have Jim Broadbent, you've got to use Jim you, Broadbent. You've got to talk through Jim Broadbent all the time. <laughs> I mean, how, how else is Carl going to be drawn into that scene? You know? Jeff, tell Sean to fuck off. <laughs> she wants you to fuck off. <laughs> I do that all the time now. It's great. Should we do the entire podcast? <laughs> right, just like that. Sean, she says just like that. <laughs> baby Jim Broadbent, Muppet baby. I don't know if this is his first, but yeah, he was the he was younger. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, in his fifties, maybe. No, I think he, was, he looks like he's at like maybe 30s. Oh, this was only 30 years ago, and I think he's in his 70s. He's yeah. Oh, is 40s, he? Oh, okay. Well, regardless, it was nice to see him. It's always nice to see Jim Broadbent. He's in the so movie. good. Yeah, he's yeah. so good. And, yeah. and um, a lot of main character energy coming off of him. It's true. It's That's true. how you can tell with those <laughs> supporting players. We're watching a movie for the, podca- the other podcast, uh, The Big Sleep, which they're like three female characters in that movie that basically come in with like major main character energy and they're totally not but I loved I loved the energy that they brought to it yeah, there's a cab yeah. driver and I, it's really great I have to watch I haven't watched yeah. it it's in pretty a year, terrific so I have to rewatch it again tonight but, <laughs> but yeah Jim Broadbent bringing that uh, you know you can tell this person's supposed to be here and have this many lines and there are actors that show up like that that don't bring that kind of energy but yeah. then they suddenly they're still there and you're kind of like what are you still doing here? <laughs> You don't get that from this character. Right, right. <laughs> he belongs there, really. Yeah. There's no lie from, from Dill. She doesn't no. lie to him in any way. No. And that, that's an important part of it, because of the, really, the people who hate this movie and who hate trans people, essentially, right. treat it that way, treat it like this was this was a trick. A major betrayal to... A man. Yeah. Yeah. And that's totally not what's happening. Not at all. I personally think deep down he knew. Yeah. Because, you know, he just... Other, I, th- I think he knew, but he was sick at, when he threw up, quote unquote. Right. Um, he movie threw up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he was gagging. When that happened, I think he was just more like... it. Finally, he was letting that out of himself, that he was attracted to just people, mm-hmm. not a gender... Or sexuality, he was kind of open to whatever, and I think that's where that—that's my reading of it now. You know, looking back, um, I still think it's a super progressive movie for what, absolutely. You know what, where we're at now, where you couldn't make that movie, right? Um, I mean, we we kind of feared going into it, like yeah. You, yeah. And this has happened to us every movie in '93. <laughs> you kind of fear going into it. I blame I blame the Leprechaun. It's only been thirty years, but each of these movies is deeply problematic in some way. Yeah, yeah, because it's like what we had Loaded Weapon, and now this. It's like it's nice that we had a couple really good films to watch for once, and not the Temp, which (laughs) I don't know if we should have done that one or not. But we'd probably still be talking about penises. That's true. (laughs) That's true. Penises have come up on this podcast more often than the other podcast for some reason. Well, if you're if you're making penises pop up, <laughs> you're doing something right. Well, this is the only way I can make that happen, Jeff. Well, <laughs> Thanks, podcast. Maybe it's Sean. I didn't specifically call you out. Let's be honest. 
So um, that scene, let's let's just go into mm-hmm. that because it's the most famous scene. It's the scene everybody talks about. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stephen Ray and Jay Davidson are becoming intimate. Uh, Jay Davidson he p- takes off this, the the what she's wearing and the robe. It's on there the, it is, yeah. right down to the penis, and he reacts obviously in a way that you know he's a guy who's still trying to figure out who he is, mm-hmm. and that's really the 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 sense of it that I got is that he's just shocked. Right. And he doesn't. He thought he knew one thing, and he also thinks he knows something about himself. Yeah. He thinks he knows who he is, and he doesn't quite yet know who he is. Right. And that's got to be something for a guy. His age and his, you know, he's got to be in his thirties at this mm-hmm. point. Uh, this character uh, to not quite have a full grasp on who he is is kind of it's got to shock him. It's got to put him into a position where his reaction makes pretty good sense. I, I, well, for me, it was like the the constant. I don't know if it was dreams or flashbacks where he would keep kind of invoking Jody in his yeah. mind, and I kept thinking. There was something there. Yeah, there was something I there, and so that's too. yeah. And so that's uh, that's why you, you didn't this that scene the the big reveal didn't feel as you just you just remember everybody talking about it back then. We were in high school and watching it. I think it was tasteful. Like it, it just not it didn't shock. It was just this is who I am. Here it wasn't it is. like horror movie music, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like Sleepaway Camp. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, and you know we got to talk about like what comes after this too. This was a uh, scene at the time that I didn't realize was as offensive as it is now. The 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 Jim Carrey Ace Ventura scene. Oh, I didn't. I realize didn't that. saw that movie. Really? Oh. So I I Jim, I hated so, Jim Carrey so much at that point. I was spoiler just, alert. Sean Young plays a character who is. Uh, oh yeah, I've heard of it. But okay. Heard, yeah. Uh, the. He finds out about this. He figures out that Sean Young's character is a man, so he goes into the bathroom and vomits in that Jim Carrey sort of overly violent way. He yeah. takes a shower. He drinks, like, Drano or something. He cries, like, doesn't he? Like, he just cries bawling. in the shower. That's, I remember that. Uh, yeah. He's, like, shout, He's like loofahing his entire body uh, to get it off of him, even though they've only kissed. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's, it's really gross and over the top and... and quite disgusting Doesn't now, hold when, you, up. when you reflect on it you know but that's that that joke is necessarily not the only one i no. think there was multiple i mean there's there's still like you you know that there's still guys right now that and like watch that too. yeah of course they, they, they did. also played the crying game and, yeah and, and there's still guys now are just like that's still fucking hilarious man and it just it's it's just not you know but Jim Carrey's there's that, I mean he's evolved so much as well i don't I, I don't think he would necessarily look back on that with great pride I would think, but I'd hope. Yeah, I, yeah, I'd hope. But uh-huh. he's never he's never really said anything. Well. He's also an anti-vaxer, so it's hard to say uh-huh. exactly uh-huh. what what spectrum he's on. He's uh-huh. a, he's a weird guy. I like weird though. <laughs> I also like vaccines, so I mean I don't know how to weigh that out. But yeah, so and and, and this it, it's again they this. Aside from the gagging, the going into the bathroom, the the being sick, it was just him. And then you know, calming. You know, and you've got Jay Leno and late night TV just mm-hmm. making the most obvious, lame, stupid jokes. And it's it's no wonder Jay Jay Davidson's like, "Fuck this, I'm done." Fuck yeah, people. yeah. yeah. Like, Punching down is the worst form of comedy. It really is. And you know, with, as marginalized as the trans people are nowadays, even still, thirty years later, it it's gross and offensive mm-hmm. and I'm sure there are people who laughed at the Jim Carrey shit 
30 years ago. I might have. I don't Who are like, oh, God, that's cringy. You know? Yeah. And I would hope so. Yeah. Um, I would hope he thinks it's cringy and, Mm -hmm. you know, just bitter that I don't want to talk about it rather than bring attention back to it and get people to watch it again. Whatever. Um, I just... This was a very sensitive movie mm-hmm. on all fronts, you know, and it and it really did feel like Neil Jordan was like, I want to talk about people's sexuality and how it's, you know, it can be fluid and it's not something to push under the rug. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I open up Grinder here and the number of blank profiles <laughs> that are, you know, Straight, straight men. quote unquote mm-hmm. men who don't want to deal with the fact that they like dicks. Yeah, yeah. So Absolutely. you know, I, if all the if all the straight if all the straight identified men who are into trans women here in Iowa, or you know the Midwest in general, mm-hmm. just were open about it and could handle it, we would be so far advanced as a species and as a society that yeah. we'd have flying cars. Yeah, so, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know what? Just tell your friends that you like dicks. <laughs> Figure out what it is that you'll enjoy and yeah. enjoy that. Why does that have to be? Why does it have to be wrong or a problem? Why? Do, why as long as you're you not hurting anyone, you know, just to just to go through it and say, okay, I, I did that. It is a for me. It's b not for me. It's well, and and, and it's a lot of American society. Like America, Absolutely. America's no. reaction to the crying game was Ace Ventura. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. It's yeah. everything about America is. 10 to 20 White years America. later. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. You know, you're not wrong. I know a, I know a couple guys yeah. who... Aren't white. Are not white, mm-hmm. who live here in the Midwest, in the very conservative small Midwest, who have... Their partners are transgender women who still have not had bottom surgery, and they are just open about it, and they're very happy with it, mm-hmm. and they will tell their families... And their families overall will accept them, right? At least to their face, I don't, you know. But yeah, if we had more of that and less of Jim Carrey, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. then think of where we'd be as a society. <laughs> People being comfortable with with themselves enough to just yeah, yeah, yeah. Be- and it's just. America is shame-based. Yeah, is shame-based. oh, 100%. You know, and that was also built off of the back of religion, and yeah, and you could go down that hole. Thing there, where we we feel guilty if we feel heaven forbid just a little bit different, or there's, you know, there's a desperation sort of tribalism that goes on where you, I've got to identify myself and I've got to put everybody into a category uh-huh. and make sure that I understand who they are exactly, yeah. and you need to live within the box I put you in, or I don't understand the world. But I worry mm-hmm. about that though too now because now we have almost we have so many boxes, you know, and it's just like I almost I almost kind of miss the simplicity of this time. Um, because now we're, you know, again, I'm all for, you know, you can identify as a pillow. I don't give a fuck, but it just feels like we have too many ways to identify. Just, I miss the, I don't know. I I don't know. I honestly don't think there's too many. I mean, I think there's, there's more than we had when we were kids. Yeah. Yeah. But But, I mean, they were probably always around. They just didn't have. Yeah. I think that's coming from your desire to be sensitive to everybody. Exactly. That's, that's that's a good place for that to come from. You want to, you don't want to be offensive to anybody so if you know what box they're in you right. can be it's easier to be a little sensitive that's true yeah. that's very true yeah you know it's it's the people who are anti-pronoun I, <laughs> fuck them <laughs> my pronouns are yeah. second amendment <laughs> that's great God created a man and a woman yeah. well technically though if 
Eve was created from Adam's rib, then she has XY chromosomes. Well, then... Boom! There it is. <laughs> but I also don't believe that a woman came from a dude's room. No, I mean... <laughs> Wait, they gave... So that's... That, no, no, no. We're better but than that. But all the people are like, Sorry. it's Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. Steve. Well, <laughs> actually... It's weird. It's kind of is Adam and Steve, because... <laughs> It's weird, though, how long I've heard that. For years, oh, yeah. I've heard oh, that. I remember nonsense. dudes wearing those T-shirts. Oh, like, God, if we went out yeah. to clubs and there would be a dude that would have that on, I'm like, uh, we're not friends. Yeah. Be gone. They yeah. also loved Kid Rock. I mean, come on. Hand to hand. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, this is not probably a good podcast for conservative people. No. No, definitely not. Uh, I mean, or, or it should be. I mean, I this mean, is a conversation yeah. you should be having. Exactly. Though. I mean, these are conversations yeah. that those people def- desperately need to have because they need to understand that that what you're doing, this hatred that you're enacting is not healthy for you and it's yeah. not healthy for society. You're living out of fear. That's I mean, all it is. Well, and look at the movie. I mean, the movie tells you that. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not about hating somebody for who they are, it's about loving somebody uh-huh. for who they are and who you are. You know, it's 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 just if everybody got that message instead of like, oh my god, I saw a dick. <laughs> I, I guarantee you, like the people who saw this in the theater who were super shocked and got up and walked out, desperately craved dick. <laughs> Their browser histories are. Filled uh-huh. with yeah. trans porn. Oh, I'm telling yeah. you, just stop being ashamed about it, man. It's okay. It, like what you like, it, but do it in private. You know, don't do it in front of me. But like, do whatever you do and enjoy it. You know, find what you like and and just enjoy that. Don't well, be ashamed yeah. of it. It's it's nothing to be ashamed about. Right. But we're a puritanical society, so everybody has to be. Oh my God! If I have sex, I'm going to hell. What what, what was the what was the name that you were going to call Marjorie Taylor Greene? Is it carrot dyke? <laughs> no, what carrot cunt. Carrot cunt. Carrot cunt. Like, that is the weirdest That's the dumbest insult. insult I've ever heard. I I'm fucking like, love it, though. I've tried, I've tried in my head to unpack what that could possibly be about. And I mean, well, carrots I mean, knows, are obviously. orange and, like, they're dick-shaped, I guess. I, is that a dick shape? That's not a dick shape. All I know is that... That'd be my, a weird dick shape. My yeah. friends who do a podcast somehow brought up, like, somebody being into having a carrot in their ear... <laughs> And that's all I could think of after carrot cunt. <laughs> so is it's like, like is that is it similar to an insult like fire crotch? But she's not redhead. No, she's not a redhead. That's, no, huh? No, she's not a redhead. So it doesn't make sense. No. Again, I mean, it, unless they're talking about the fact that she has a penis. Maybe she, she drinks carrot, carrot juice, and then oh. when he sucks her dick, <laughs> you kind of taste like carrot. <laughs> or you're you, you're just gonna call him a cunt, but then you realize, oh, I can make a dick joke. There it is, carrot cunt. <laughs> carrot cunt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm mad because again we're talking about like, like Irish people and I, you know British people and I, I wish they would have said clunge instead of cunt because clunge <laughs> is one of the funniest fucking words oh, I've never look heard it up. that look it up they sewed up their clunge it's just it's one of the funniest fucking things I've ever heard it's a great word well I know I'm not going to get kicked off Twitter again <laughs> until Elon learns that word right he won't He's not worldly. He's not intellectually curious. That's true. That's so true. <laughs> Regardless. Do you think he's ever seen this movie? Fuck. <laughs> well, so he really hates trans people and has a trans child. So he's let all the transphobes back on Twitter. 
Um, he's always agreeing with J.K. Rowling, the turf from uh, fucking hell. Uh, so person. I guarantee you, if he's seen this movie, he's like, we should do a movie where they make fun of it. And then somebody tells him about Ace Ventura. He's like, like <laughs> you're on Jim Carrey for doing that. Oh, he's yeah. such a clunge. Yeah. He's a clunge. <laughs> <laughs> when you look around and see who you end up your, on your alignment, like if you're set, if you're sitting there next to Kevin Sorbo and Scott oh, Bayo, you should God. know that something's then, going then, wrong. Well, then you know you're at Subway. <laughs> <laughs> you are on the wrong side of <laughs> history here. When Welcome you're to standing next to Hercules I'm Scott. I'll be your. I'll be your. Oh. <laughs> Fuck you, Scott Bale. <laughs> Fuck all y'all. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I'm sorry that, you know, they're, you know, I guess they're, as far as people like that's movie taste, I mean, you're going to go Billy Madison and you're not going to go higher than uh, that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you're, you're not going to seek great out. observation. <laughs> you're not, right? And you're not going to seek out films that might challenge you because I like it right here in my little bubble, you know, and I have zero intellect. So. I mean, I'm. Everybody knows by now that I'm a huge horror nerd, uh-huh. and I, I will literally sit and watch the Terror Train remake <laughs> sequel on Tubi. Go watch it. It's kind of stupid. <laughs> no, I have to. You know, before I'm going to watch All Quiet on the Western Front right. for three hours. Sure. Well, so um, one of the things about horror that's very interesting is how it does, it challenges norm- normalcy. Mm-hmm. It is outside the bounds of, of good taste. It, mm-hmm. is, it is something that... Forces you into a place where you're confronting something that no one wants to confront. Uh, the, that uh, death and danger and, you know, the blood that's supposed to be inside your body is outside your body. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, if, if you're looking at Crying Game and a movie that's about, like, loving yourself and trans issues and all that, I mean, there are, like, Psycho. You yeah. Know? Psycho is possibly a movie about somebody who has trans feelings or, you know, and can't handle them, so then... You know, takes on a murderous personality. Um, Dressed to Kill, Brian De Palma, one of my favorite movies. Yeah. And I know a lot of trans people who love that movie, even though it can be seen as transphobic. And I know that there's a lot of, you know, the, the people, oh, it's such a, tra-, you know, it's a problematic movie. And I'm like, but it's, you know, it's, it's showing you that all trans people aren't, you know, sunshine yeah. and happiness. Right. Um, and that the pathology of the of this killer isn't actually trans. And, you know, that was like the whole Silence of the Lambs thing. Love that movie. Uh-huh. It does have some problematic issue, you know. And when it was, in 1991 when it came out, yes, that's a problem. Uh-huh. Because you are, you are showing a, a quote-unquote trans character who's not, but they do state in the movie, Billy is not really a transsexual, as that's the actual phrase, but he thinks he is due to years of abuse. Right. Um, but, as we just talked about, a lot of the people who would watch The Crying Game and root for, you know, Jim Carrey are the people who would see The Silence of the Lambs go, yep, all trans people are murderers. Right. Yep. Forced repression is trauma. I mean, it is. When you're telling somebody that they're not allowed to be who they know they are, mm-hmm. you're creating a trauma. Right. Well, some people don't even know that they're being told not to be that person. Like, it's just so ingrained in their family that blue and just pink. don't talk. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 100%. Just, just, yeah. Uh, gender reveal parties are the dumbest thing already. <laughs> Agreed. But 
But the idea that you're going to do that to a child before they even have a chance That's to true. figure unless, out who they are. Unless you come out to your parents and you say, yes, I was born a boy, but I feel that I'm a woman. Mm-hmm. And they throw you a gender reveal party <laughs> in your okay. teens or 20s. Then I'll take it's okay. that. Then it's yeah. okay. That's but because right. yeah. it's, you know, it's just turning that, that norm on its head. Right. Um, I, I, yeah, but I, you know, like throughout horror movie history, there's been all these movies that have dealt with this issue, some of them better than others. Right. But I think if, if this movie was very challenging, Mm -hmm. I think to a lot of people and still would be today, even more so with the, you know, with the whole groomer bullshit. Oh God. Yeah. Anti-trans, anti-gay thing that. You know, that they are literally just using to win Cletus's vote. I mean... 100%. And it's so brazenly calculated and disgusting mm-hmm. that, that, you know, they they think so little of these people who are uneducated that they're going to use their miseducation or non-education against mm-hmm. other people. It's just... I mean, it's it's, it's it's what they did to black people. I mean, it is it uh-huh. is they've been making you forcing you to be afraid of things that are different than you and yeah. convincing you that that's the right way to be. That's what they did to black people all the way from from the time that freedom, the time that the slavery came to an end through today, trying to convince people that uh, you should be afraid of what is different from you. Well, that's like a lot of people misinterpreting the Bible for how fucking long. You know, anybody can take their own story from it, but I mean, these people are like literally saying that, you know, gays were bad in the Bible and this kind of stuff, when actually if you read some of these passages, some of them are pretty shitty, stone, whatever, that kind of shit, but... It, it, the the, the misinterpretation to me it's like you're you're reading the Bible and you're only you're only cherry picking what you want to fit your narrative. Everybody does that with every well, that's, piece. That's of, the nature yeah. of the Bible itself. It was created to manipulate people into being afraid Which is, and, and, was, and being loyal to whatever right. person and was in power. Recreated and recreated and yeah. recreated. Yeah. Adding a, addendums. Yeah, there was a viral TikTok of this woman with a five head who. <laughs> Just she's a Bible scholar, and all she really does is have fifty Bibles at home. Of she's talking about how I think it was Matthew twenty one or Matthew seventeen twenty one, whatever, um, was missing the new Bibles, and she's like, "They're trying to kill us." And like, oh, I mean, come on, if you Take know, tinfoil off. Have you heard the King King James Bible? Um, who? Why is it called the King James Bible? Look it up. Do your research. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, it really, it's it's just like... It's a constant uh, comeback of idiots. Yeah. Testament, yeah. <laughs> New Testament, like these, the, the right. Bible continuously changes. For yeah. I like the, the kids' version Bible, oh, Bibles God. for animals. I mean, they've got them everywhere. They just, you know, it's all about interpretation. Amy's cat has a Bible. Uh, my cat has a I'm, Bible, but I I'm mean, just, not, not really religious. We're pretty much agnostic in my house, but, you know, it's for aesthetics. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I, have, I have the Dancing Jesus book in my bathroom. That's what you do when you take a shit. You watch Jesus dance. <laughs> Somebody said, what, what made you become agnostic or atheist? And I said, I read the Bible. <laughs> I, I watched a TikTok the other night of somebody. She's like, and you know what? I sat down. I read the Bible. And I cried. And I just thought, what are you mi- Like, do you never read the Babysitter's Club books? I mean, like, what are you missing in your life? That Like, what, what is in there that would make you cry? It's it's a great work of fiction. It's beautiful. I get that. But come the fuck on. Read Anne Rice. Read something else. There's there's better writers out there. Better books. On the road, Jack Kerouac. Come on. Just saying. I, I, <laughs> you really, really, this 
conversations. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens on this show. Usually we end up in Willem Dafoe's dick. Or, we always, or, or, or you know, we're always we're always hailing, you know, Prop now. I mean, Prop now. Yeah, we didn't even talk about your ones this time. 1993. Yeah, this is true. Where he was, is he? He's the main star. <laughs> he should have been in this movie. He should have been in this. Actually, you know what? I bet he was. I bet he was somewhere in the background. He they were in Europe. He played the one who was singing. Um, uh, let the music play version. <laughs> that you love know, that version. I was dancing to that. He could pull that off. I, Only Jurgen could. So at least, at least, at least we mentioned you, Jurgen. We didn't want you to think yeah. that we forgot about you. Well, it's nineteen ninety three. If you don't mention him, you're the only one. I, you well, I mean, you were legally, there. you can be stoned to death. So yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to. What was the movie? He did, he did a movie with Madonna, didn't he? Yeah, Body of Evidence. Body of Evidence. Oh, that's right. He was yeah. Body of Evidence. Yeah. Oh, he was. He was amazing. <laughs> Unforgettable. Unforgettable. Except for me, who forgot. Well, I mean, you know, I, I just kept. Again, we kept just talking about the exceptional length of his of Willem Dafoe's cock during pretty much the that whole podcast. So abnormally, uncomfortably, confusingly. confusingly. For me, the Jur- the Jurgen movie that really gets me going is the Seventh Sign. Oh, yeah. I you know With what? Demi Moore. Oh, I what was that eighty seven. 88? So, yeah, like late 80s. I was going to yeah. say, because she had long hair in, the, in it. It's only the that. biggest hit of 1988. Where were you? Fuck off. I was listening to The Jets. <laughs> How did you know? Because I never told. And found out I got a crush on you. I used to change the word I got a crush on food. It was really appropriate at the time, because I did, especially cheese. You think of another podcast that goes from Neil Jordan to The Jets? <laughs> If you can find one. <laughs> Just telling you. This, this That's how we should promote this always. <laughs> this movie is incredible. It is. I when love it. Oh, yeah. I, it. I, yeah. yeah it's... Even to take all the other stuff, take all the gender issues out of it for just a moment. Just a, on, It's like a, it plays like a, sort of like a Sam Spade or, or, or a, you know, a Philip Marlowe movie. Yeah. Because uh-huh. we're talking about Marlowe movies this week on the other show. And, and there is kind of a, a detective noir aspect uh-huh. to, to the action that he takes, especially once he arrives in, in England and goes looking for her. And trying to make amends, there's sort of a, a 40s noir aspect to that. Yeah, and I really like Stephen Ray. Like I really enjoyed. Like it was so subtle everything that he did, but it, it was just he was a very kind of light, kind. Like I I, I looked forward to seeing where he was going to go, and I just kept thinking, God, please don't shoot him in the back. I, I was so afraid he was going to get killed, or when he was tied up in the bed, I'm like, Dill, don't kill him, please don't kill him. So I really liked his performance, and I loved again, I loved Jay. So. It's a complicated journey that he's on throughout, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he can easily be forgot in in amidst all these much more colorful characters who are doing bigger things. Right, but he's got a very complicated thing. He's his entire identity is shifting as this movie is going on, and he's you know sort of realizing who he is from beginning to end uh, you know, via his relationship with Boris Whitaker and then his relationship with Dill mm-hmm. and also his relationship to to Ireland and to violence mm-hmm. and what he's willing to do to. You know, for his country or for who he is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's a lot to play. That is, that is. And uh, what I uh, something else that I noticed, and maybe I don't know if you did. I, again, I love Miranda Richardson, so this it was. Uh, I, I'm always happy to see her at anything. But I, I like how how kind of '90s blonde dowdy she was in the beginning, just being part of that army, and then very just, denim. Yeah, it, entirely. And then we see such this. They get to, you know, we're in England now. She's so polished. She's got that that blunt cut, and I just. Something very fabulous about that that change, you know. I don't know. 
I just, and again, she just, she played that character so very well. I didn't realize, like, when at first, when we see her, again, very kind of beige looking of a character, kind of your boring basic. And then to see her manipulate him later on, and she just has the look. Like, she's, you, you know she's going to be manipulating him somehow. Well, I think you're, they're all coming into their true selves. Yes. And that's her true self is the hard, you know, the hard yeah. bitch. Right. And uh, she plays it well. Yeah. Yeah, quite well. And by the end, everybody is either dead or their true selves or they've become their true selves. <laughs> so they're killed. Yeah. So. Yeah. Although I do recall, um, and now I, I don't think it was French and Saunders. Somebody did. And again, if it was French and Saunders, they're good friends with Miranda Richardson. But um, they, they, they kept trying to kill one of their... You know, they're doing a parody. They kept trying to kill one another, and she just wouldn't die. And I kept getting that. I'm like, okay, that's where they're, That's where that came from. Because she just she got shot, like, what, 5, 10, 15 times? Wouldn't fucking die until that one went through her neck. And it's like, finally, shut up, bitch. <laughs> Damn. So, yeah. No, I, I, I like this movie. I would, I would tell people to watch it. Not, not just as, like, a don't make it a, a sociology experiment or anything like that, but go into it and, and appreciate it. For what it is, especially for the time it came out, and for the the whole story. How is this movie so much more incredibly thoughtful than we are today? <laughs> it's really, it really is something when you is think about it. Is that a testament it. to Neil Jordan then? Well, Neil Jordan, it's not an American movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Europe and everybody is so much more progressive than we are on issues like this. Uh, you know, and they're laughing at us. I mean, they laugh well, at us when we're when we spend all when we spend so much time focused on this. They, the rest of the world is just laughing. They at just us. think we're a bunch of cunts, clunges, if you will, <laughs> and they are correct. Yes. <laughs> no, we don't want to be. We just were born here. You know. Sad to say. Yeah, I think that you know we have to really look at what they're, you know what what this movie could teach people who aren't there yet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just about looking inside yourself to see who you are comfortable being mm-hmm. and why are you only comfortable being that? Right. Why aren't you comfortable being what you truly desire? Mm-hmm. You know, not in some weird Ian Randian kind of thing. No, but, but you know, imagine being true to yourself. You look yeah. at look at the, 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 the studies of, of anxiety and depression in so many people. And I think a lot of that has to do with self-identification. Mm-hmm. If you don't know yourself, the lower you're going to go. Your self-esteem's gonna go down. I think that's one of the biggest problems. That's why we have suicides. That's why we have sorry, unaliving, which I think is a bunch of bullshit. I, that, that's a TikTok thing. That you're shit. not allowed to say the word suicide. You can't say it on YouTube or anything like that yeah. too. Or, you know, Murder, you know. death suicide these words have impact and i think that that's important to bring up is that if you're not able to just be yourself authentically and again i don't like to use that word a lot because it's thrown around a lot too then you are going to have these problems and especially now we just see the rise in that so if if you could just maybe talk to somebody and help yourself come to terms with whoever you are you're going to be a lot fucking happier i gotta you know there's something that conservatives should understand is that i i when I was 21 years old, I was listening to Rush Limbaugh. Yeah. I was, you know. You were an entirely different uh, oh, person. Two years sober. <laughs> Congratulations, Rush. <laughs> yeah, he just, he, the other day was the yeah. two year anniversary. Uh, like, the I, last pill he took. <laughs> but I like, I, I, care I don't really know what it was that, that made me realize why, why that was such a bad thing. 
I, I didn't get the, you know, the overall impact of being that way. I was, I guess I was a more of a economic conservative, I guess I or so I thought, which is funny because the conservatives always run up the national debt yeah. and progressives have to bring it back down <laughs> right. every four years. You know, it's like, really? but I was like, I guess it was more of like, I thought a CEO should run the country like a business, that kind of nonsense. <laughs> oh God, you I got go. your wish. I was a child. No, that's, a child. And, and again, that, yeah, but, but I mean, like, you didn't stay at that, that you were like no. 23, 24 when things started to turn I, around. I would like to think that I've always felt this way about people, mm-hmm. you know, being kind to people, I would think. Yeah. I was not as a child, I was a dick. As a child, you had I, you had you, a friend. I was a prick to him. You told uh, me you told me that until you realized that I was gay, that you didn't really like gay people. I was yeah, I was very confused. And that's that's a that's a big theme is people dislike LGBTQ everything until they realize they know somebody, you know. And that's I think that this movie should have been a big step, but of course it. We just concentrated on the dick. Well, that's, yeah. And again, like my friend David, my, you know, very first gay best friend was in fourth grade, 10 years old. And imagine a kid 10 years old telling you he doesn't feel like everybody else. So he kept trying to have girlfriends. And I'm like, but you don't even like these people. No, but, you know, and you're just, he lived in fear. He didn't want to be hurt. Right. By people like me. And then, well, I mean. But Sean, I mean, you know, again, you weren't you weren't the type of people that like. No, I, was I watched a him. I watched I him was get a jumped. Of that, yeah, yeah. Of a group he, like he got a good pounding to the face several times, and that wasn't your. No, I didn't do your that. type of homophobia. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't I your have, brand. I have somebody who, in my, I mean, family, who's a follower, and has always been, and I didn't realize that until years later, and I look back and I'm like, all the trouble that this person got in was because they were following the crowd. Mm-hmm. They, you know, all the conspiracy bullshit that they listened to <laughs> in the nineties, they were just following an older person who believed all that and taught them all that right. and has never, ever been able to break free of that. They think I'm a libertarian. I'm a free thinker. I'm all that. <laughs> no, you're really not. You're not. You have, uh, you, because you, all you ever do is listen drive around listening to Rush Limbaugh or Sean Hannity or all these people who are lying to you mm-hmm. to take your money. Yep. They, that came out this week. If you're listening in the future, <laughs> that came out this week that, you know, like people like Sean Hannity, they don't believe any of this bullshit. No. I've said this for years. They don't, they, they don't care. It's not going to affect them because they have money. And the more people they get to believe their bullshit, the more money they have. And that is how this is with this other person who's in my life. It's they, I think could potentially have broken free, but now it's more, you know, once you get to a certain point, you're so set in your ways then too. And it's like, why set in your ways? But also it's like at a certain point you start trying to justify who you've become, justify the choices. You're lying to yourself. Yeah. You know, you (laughs) You believe you invent things that kind of fit your, it's like your narrative. Yeah. If you're going to call me out on my bullshit, then I'm going to double down on that bullshit because then it just pisses you off. And then that, that that's how I've seen like Joe Rogan. I, I heard oh, hundred percent. I heard a great comparison uh, for, on this YouTube video. He was talking. The guy was talking about cryptozoologists 
and how a cryptozoologist is not a real zoologist. What they do is they set out, I'm going to find Bigfoot because Bigfoot exists. I'm not going to prove Bigfoot exists. Bigfoot already exists. I'm going to find the things that support that idea. Oh. And that's not what science is. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's not how that works. That's it's, politics. Yeah. Or it's like yeah. archaeologists, they, archaeologists used to go around with a Bible in one hand and a pickaxe in the other. And just, I'm going to prove that the Bible was real. And again, that's not how archaeology or any kind of science works. You right. can't go into it with having a thing. And I think a lot of people go into it, I've got this idea of what the world is, I'm going to prove that the world is that way. Right. And they can't let that go. Yeah. It's the foundation of who they become, and if you take that away from them, it's like it's taking their identity from them. Uh-huh. Well, like, you know, this person is, they are very much, oh, it bothers you that I call this person a tranny instead of trans? Well, I'm going to double down, and I'm going to keep calling them that, mm-hmm. and I'm going to say that word as much as I can. And, you know, it's, even at a, at a mature age. Oh yeah, which yeah. blows my mind. Yeah, you're pushing fifty, and you're <laughs> yeah. still using that word. That's cute. You, you sound like a sixteen year old asshole. Yeah. You know, and they're yeah. just like, oh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to say the n word. Yeah, you know what? Poke the bear. Go with God. Yeah, yeah. Go with, you know, you do that. You go right ahead. <laughs> the Bible is a horcrux, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Joe Rowling, uh, yeah. Biden. I, right. I don't care one way or the other about him. Uh, but you know, it's 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 that thing that I get all the time, having moved back to the Midwest from the LA. coastal the coastal elite. Um, is you know, oh, the people on the coast don't care about me. I'm like, they you, they do. You just don't want to listen to them because they live on the coast, and you've been told that they're the coastal elites, right? And you're following. Instead of following your heart, you're following the crowd. Yeah. And you're... Believe the lie. Yeah. You believe the lie. You believe the... You know, your confirmation bias is showing. Mm-hmm. Because, oh, well, you know, all if, if you're, they're a drag queen, they're going to... They want to rape kids. And then you go to church on Sunday where they're actually raping kids. Right. <laughs> Come on. I mean, I'm sure there's pedophiles reading books to children that we don't know about yet, but I mean, they're out there. You know, and here, and this is, so this is something that I had a conversation with a trans friend about the Silence of the Lambs years ago. Mm-hmm. And this was way after, you know, it's like, tw- this was like 10 years ago, so it had been out for 20 years. And when that movie came out, that movie really hurt me, is what I heard. And I understood that. And I said, okay, if that were movie were released today, would you feel the same way? Not necessarily because we have other trans stories and whatever. And I said, that's the thing. is time kind of makes things, you know, like takes the sting off of things. Yeah. But you also see, you know, movies like Ace Ventura and you're like, oh, that's disgusting. You know, it's like, and, and I hear that. It's a different time. Yeah. Yes, it's a different time. But if you're actively seeking to hurt somebody, even if it's 50 years ago. Yeah. Doesn't matter. It reads a little different than, mm-hmm. oh, okay, I get where that, I get where Marlon Brando is dressed as a Japanese person. It's <laughs> problematic. That, that's, that is, it was a different time. Yeah. As opposed Generationally to, you know, like, spe- yeah. I yeah. mean, that's, that's the thing where it's like, you can look at that and you'd be like, oh, Mickey Rooney, what the fuck are you doing? Oh, good God. God. That is the most racist portrayal oh, ever. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, that, like, that is actually... Right next to John Wayne is Genghis Khan. Like Entirely. Those two, yeah. Like, yeah. Al, that's Al Jolson. Yes, level. absolutely. It is. Um, it is. But, you know, like, uh, Rita Moreno said something recently, and I'm paraphrasing, but she said, you know, when I was 
you know, I was coming out mm-hmm. and coming up and I was coded as just, you know, white. And mm-hmm. I was, I, you know, I, all the people that were playing the Spanish people in the movies were white. Natalie Wood. Natalie, yeah, Natalie mm-hmm. Wood. There you go. Yeah. You know, and then she said that she could have played Maria as well. Entirely. I th- I th- you know, I think that, I think that's what I heard. And yeah. She said, I should have been playing Maria, not Natalie Wood. Right. Something to that effect. And you think about it now and you're like, okay, you know, <laughs> we've come such a long way, but we are still stuck. Yeah. And I think we're going to continue to be stuck until people say, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Even if they, even entertaining the thought, maybe I'm wrong about certain things. Yeah, it, it yeah anything. Well, I mean, because again, you're you're taking accountability. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and that's so rare these days anymore. So that's the, thi- that's the thing that frustrates me so much about these people who who, who torment or, or tr- a trans person will say something about their identity, and then this person will just automatically just jump in to disagree with them. Just out of no, for just just to disagree, just, just to create exactly. an argument, and it, it's a troll. Just take a moment to listen to what they're saying. It's like the cancel culture people are just out of. They're, they're so stupid. I'm sorry, <laughs> you're dumb. Nobody's you being canceled. They just want you to listen for a moment to say to understand why what you said hurt them. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. Right. If you take it in and you just listen to, to and try to understand, you said something, mm-hmm. you know, and you didn't. Maybe you didn't mean to hurt anybody, but you did. Right. And so just try to understand why it is that what you said was bothers somebody. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's not that it's not that complicated, guys. Mm-hmm. You're not you don't have to lose your entire life. You lose your entire life when you double down on that and go, "No, fuck you people." Yeah. I like to misgender those people. <laughs> <laughs> sir, sir, this is a Wendy. I'm not sir, I'm no, you are sir. You are sir. From now on, you are I will never I, you know, I will I don't respect your pronouns. Mm-hmm. Sir. Right. Yeah. Oh, that drives people nuts. <laughs> if I'm trolling on Twitter and I do that, I'm just like <laughs> Run my hands together and on. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's it. well. I, I think about those people too. That especially in Twitter is like the worst. Oh, it's gotten even worse. Oh, and I'm so. I, I still have a profile, but the, I heard that Elon was going to get rid of profiles that have been inactive, and I've been inactive for like a year. Or so go type hi, Elon. I'm alive. <laughs> go fuck yourself, asshole. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, but the, and the uh, but it's on Twitter. It's it's all of those people that go on there, and then they they purposely try to bring these discussions to the fore because they think that. They're like they're the woke one, you know. It's like you know this. Guess what? This is how life's always been. This is how life's always gonna be in America, and you better just fucking get used to it. It's it, Lauren Hobart, you know that kind of shit. Yeah, she's got the weakest chin. I fucking hate her. Are like, you kidding? If, you, if people had to wear glasses on their chins, hers <laughs> would fall off. Weak, characterless chin on a shrill, annoying woman who. <laughs> Obviously, wishes she had a penis, and that's why she carries guns all the time. That's so true. Packing that heat. <laughs> her, her husband, who shows his penis to teenage girls. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, but, but, but be afraid of the crying like, game. Yeah. You know, some of these conservatives who say these offensive things are are genuinely trying to understand. They just don't. They don't right. know quite how to do it. Like they're trying to understand this situation. They're trying to make sense of it, and it doesn't make sense to them. And so many people on our side are unable to or unwilling to try to f- explain it in a way that makes sense to them, too. Oh, I, but totally. I, um, I explained pronouns to someone we're all related to. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I don't get it. I don't. Why do I have to know somebody who? If, if how? Why do I have to call them he, him? If they were, you know, if they, if I, if I can just tell. Mm-hmm. And I said, it's just a matter of respect. Mm-hmm. And if you respect that person, and they say, hey, my pronouns are they, them. You're not really changing anything about their language because if you're saying, oh, Amy was over the other day, and they were, you know. They were sitting there, and we were having a beer. And, and we used to always say stuff like yeah. that without even thinking it. Yeah. But, you know, the the fact that I have tried to explain things, people either want to learn, and they're genuinely curious. Or it's willful or they, ignorance. Or they're just throwing bombs. Yep. And they yeah. just and that's those are the people that I'm like, you know what? I'm going to start talking about your mother. <laughs> well, again, this kind of caustic energy, you have to admit, came a good five, six years ago, because we were, we have a person in office who, we had a person in office who just allowed this to get worse and worse and worse. Uh, but, who's even worse now? Who's even worse now? It's always, it's always. I don't know if you heard what he said the other day, but he's, what he says when he's coming back to office, he's getting rid of all uh, gender related care. It's all gone. Nobody gets to <sighs> that have That is the gender. smallest dick energy I've ever heard in my life. Gender affirming care is going away. Fuck. If he gets selected. Let's see. He made that very specific. Things that are gender affirming care are boob jobs, mm-hmm. penis enhancement, mm-hmm. pumps, yeah. um, no, dying it's, it's, we got to protect the children. Yeah. Oh, yes. The yes. children. Well. Let's, let's protect the children from somebody who pimps his 14-year-old daughter out allegedly. Um... Fuck him. I'm sorry. I'm just, but I mean, again, I, like, I didn't even mean to bring it allegedly, up. Allegedly. Like, that's, that's, but it just feels like what? it got more caustic with him. Oh, you know. how are you, though, how are you able to not be sensitive to a child right. who has these questions? Right. That blows my mind. Mm-hmm. Because, because a child comes children. to you and tells you that they're confused about this mm-hmm. and they're trying to understand, they have these particular feelings that they have. How are you not immediately sensitive to that? I'll tell you. It, you know what? When I was 10 years old, I was in the bathroom with mom because, you know, mom was always on the toilet and I had to bother her. And I went and I started combing my hair. My hair was always really short. And I said, Mom, I think I want to be a boy. And she goes, you do? Well, what would you change your name to? And I'm like, I have no idea. But I just remember saying that. And then later I'm going, no, I'm going to stay a girl. But, like, I didn't get, like, you get out of here. You don't ever say that. Like, she was never like that. That's the kind of parenting we're missing these days. Think of the, of the, the amount of press and amount of clicks and stuff that when Shiloh Jolie Pitt would wear boys clothes because that's what she felt more comfortable Comfortable in. in. Yep. And that's, she just thought, I want, you know, I love boys clothes. I'm going to wear those. Mm -hmm. And Angelina Jolie or Brad Pitt, both of them would say, that's just what she's more comfortable. Never, but there, there's all this speculation about a four-year-old child. Yeah. Oh, are they trying to make their four-year-old child into a boy? No, look at her now. She's wearing ball gowns and right. shit on the red carpet. And it's it's literally just something that almost all kids go through yeah. at one point or it's another. It's our own journeys. You know, and yeah. it's like everybody questions themselves. Um, I like to say, you know... Uh, uh, you choose to be gay. Okay, well, how many male-on-male sexual exploits did you go through before you decided to choose to be with a woman? <laughs> I think of David Cross's bit on that one. It's like, yeah, we're choosing to be gay. We love to go out to the gay bars and get our heads smashed in by, you know, asshole. You know, come on. It's, it's stuff like that. It's like every kid 
has questions about this kind of uh -huh. stuff. And if you are absolutely not allowed to talk to children about this kind of stuff, it creates even more confusion as they grow, especially for the kids who are LGBTQ, yep. who I never had anybody to talk to about that. I had to learn through truck stops and press... No. <laughs> I mean, wait, oh, did I tell you? No, I mean, I never... I, there was literally, literally not a single person I could tell... Yeah. Other than, you know, somebody I may or may not have hooked up with in high school. Mm -hmm. They're the only people that knew because my parents were not not conservative, but uneducated. Right. You know, I mean, my my, oh, my dad would be like, I'm just, I'm, I'm just some dumb hick. You know, he would say that kind of like, oh, you know, look at you t calling me a hick or whatever. But they really were not educated about this kind of stuff, how to talk to your children. You know, Gen X is kind of the first generation who kind of all collectively says, you know what, it's not that serious. Right, right. But there's a reason behind that. Yeah. It's, it's, it is. It's how we were taught to. It's the lessons that, you know, that we didn't learn, that we had to teach ourselves over time. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's also it I mean, every generation reacts against the generation before them. Well, so our yeah. previous generation to us was kind of assholes. And we just actively tried to, to defy them. And that just happens to turn into more being, I don't want to say tolerant, but like open to the ideas. Yeah, because yeah, there's too many boomers that will double down on, you know, why white people should still only have their whites only restaurants and shit oh, like God. that. You know, there's still people that exist that yeah. are like that. And that's why I don't give a shit about boomers. But however, we had our parents very liberal entirely liberal and and to the day they both died that's that's how they were and I, again i appreciate that but there was still that and again for me i think it was the, the, the catholic guilt kind of thinks my dad was going to be a priest you know i mean there was so much that they both held in and stuffed down because they were trying to do that with their own parents you know how they drunk would that church know? be <laughs> oh shit I mean, there's already a stockpile of wine. I think he would have been, been fine. I feel like he just would have been hitting on all the nuns, you know, and that just would have been really creepy. But, yeah. Yeah. I, I just think that as we, you know, I mean, I'm 50 years old, mm -hmm. and I never, ever, ever thought I would be back in the Midwest living as an out gay man, talking about shit like that. Over the quote unquote radio, as mm -hmm. my coworker. Oh, you have a radio show? Yeah. <laughs> I sure do. Let's get out your little transistor. You're three years older than me, and you don't understand the concept podcast, of right. podcast. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I never ever thought that something like this would happen or that, you know, we'd be discussing a movie like The Crying Game and then morph into everything after that. You yeah. Know, Talking about Margie Three Toes, <laughs> but this, wow. is, that's, that's, this is what my idea of podcasting is. It really is. <laughs> it evolves. It devolves. It evolves again. And somehow we end up on Kevin Bacon's penis. Uh, every time, uh, six degrees. I've only been on Kevin Bacon's penis twice, uh. and it was when I was living in LA. <laughs> Kidding. I have never fucked. Bottom line is just, just, just everybody just understands sexuality yeah. is a spectrum. Uh -huh. It's a spectrum, just like anything. And a beautiful else. spectrum at that. Live on it where you want, and let others live where they want, and you know, that's it. What, is, what is the Bible said? You know that oh, that, that book. Sake. Judge not, lest yes, ye be judged. judged. Well, we uh -huh. don't like that part. 
Yeah. <laughs> Again, that doesn't suit our fancy. We'll write an addendum to that later on. I can't make you know? money off of that one. Right, yeah. right. They said at Red Lobster, eat shellfish. 